Hey girl, hey, it's your host V-Baby. What's up? I wanted to personally welcome and thank you for tuning into the Golly Girl Talk podcast. This is the podcast where you will find raw and unfiltered conversation regarding a variety of real life topics ranging from depression, generational curses, relocation, relationships, you name it, you've been through it. We're discussing it here each week. And here is the deal. We will be applying scripture to each and every topic. My goal is to show you how to let the Bible be the governing factor of your life so that you may experience the supernatural peace and joy God created us all to live in. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hey, golly girls. Welcome back to the golly girl podcast. It is your host, Valora. I'm super excited about today's episode. Listen, this is the finale of season four, God Plus Therapy, with the amazing, wonderful, beautiful fashionista, Missy Washington. It has been an awesome journey, y'all. Like, this journey has been dope for me personally. And I know for a few of you, I just had dialogue with a family member about to, uh, about this whole season and how it's been beneficial in her life and so many others. And so I'm just grateful to God that, you know, we did this and we have come to the end of the road. And so um, y'all know I sing my song and uh, y'all, it goes a little something like this. Um, so we've come to the end of the road. And I just don't want to let go. And I don't I know. Yeah. Sing it, Missy. Go. It's so natural. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. So how are you feeling about the end, Missy? We are, we've come to the end. You have done an amazing job just sharing your wisdom, knowledge, experience, and just personal, um, just um, knowledge with us. And, and I'm just so grateful. You know, I am truly grateful, you know, and as I just can't express my sentiments enough, how grateful I am to be a part of something just so God driven mm-hmm. and just to be on here and to, to allow the space to give my knowledge mm-hmm. on mental health and, and God and all that good stuff. I, I, I'm just so excited about it. And I am a little sad that it's coming to an end because I was just getting the hang of all of this. Mm-hmm. So, it is. Um, yeah. It always happens like that when it comes to the end, it's like, no, I was just getting into my groove. Yeah, <laughs> but we have been toiling with this for some months now, so we are yes. finally here. Yes, yes, yes. Ready we've to, run our race. Episode five, mm-hmm. season five. I'm sorry. Yeah, season five. Yeah, we we've run our race well, Missy. I think we've done a great job. We we've coordinated well as far as getting these recordings done, and we haven't been late on any of our recordings. So um, this episode will actually air. Um, what is it? Two days from now on Monday, November. What is that? What's what's today? The eleventh. This Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day to all the veterans out there. Happy Veterans Day. Yes, we're so grateful for your service. Um, but yeah, this will drop on November thirteenth. Yeah, yeah, oh. November thirteenth. So, um, we started recording back in June. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what is this? Was June, July, August, September, October, November? We've run a six month journey, Missy. No way, girl. Month journey. Yes. Wow. Doesn't it doesn't seem like it's been that long. Yeah. We've been running for um half a year. Yep. Yep. My goodness. Yep. 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 So this is, you know, this is the end of our race. And I believe that God is pleased. And so, yeah. So, you know, this is season four, episode 
number seven, which is the the number four completion. And this is our mm-hmm. finale episode as well. So uh, we're going to jump right into um, today's episode. So, Missy, my first question to you is, you know, um, what was your favorite episode? Wow, that was that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Huh. It's it's hard to say because all of them was was my favorite, and mm-hmm. uh, but I would say I got something out of all of them, mm-hmm. and I had favorite points in all of them, and I think the one when it starts with um, with grief is mm-hmm. that um, I think I mentioned that uh, grief. I think I mentioned. I think I mentioned, what did I mention with when I said, um, you know, grief has this process, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but we have to be willing to um, accept those things to be able to process. So, mm-hmm. no, I said this. I said, grief is better when you connect with it. Mm-hmm. So good. That's what I said. So, because when oh. you connect with the grief, it's like, okay, now I have made that intentional decision to work through this mm-hmm. process because I have now connected with it instead of me being in opposition with it so that was my favorite one um out of that one that's good that's good yeah I didn't think that I don't know why I didn't think that would be your favorite one but I I think that when you said you know grief is better when you connect with it it, it really just kind of made it personal and instead of making it like this uh, you know this thing that's far away or this thing that's you know bad it's like no I need to go through this I need to grow through this um and so I, mm-hmm. I really I really like that and I I love how you said grieving doesn't have um you know the time component like you know we grief is you know it's different it's complex and so I I really I really enjoyed that episode as well I'm like you Missy as far as the favorite episode, it's really hard. But if I'm going to give my favorite, I really think, and I think I said this when we came up with the title, um, <laughs> season four, episode six, that emotional intelligence plus narcissism. Man, 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 man. That episode. Yeah, that was fire. Drop the mic, literally. Drop the <laughs> mic. I mean, just all the bombs just dropped in that episode. Like, everything that was shared um, about the unavailable man and, you know, just narcissistic, you know, people in general and how it doesn't have to be a a spouse or a person that you're dating. It can be your parents. It could be your sister, your brother, your coworker, you know, um, it it don't have a, you know, it doesn't have a a gender or race. Um, Mm -hmm. And then emotional intelligence and knowing how to deal with your emotions. Man, listen, that right there, that's the one for me Um, (laughs) that's the one that's the one I think you can tell um and I haven't gotten I haven't gotten the books yet um the attached by Amir Levon and Rachel I think and then emotionally Mm -hmm. unavailable man by Patty Henry I haven't gotten those books yet but they are in my cart on Amazon um and I think I did take the attachment style quiz man it would have been good to have my results on here um where it talked about the four different types of attachment mm-hmm. but um mm-hmm. I definitely encourage y'all to go back and take that I'm gonna do the same thing so that way I can um possibly I can share with y'all maybe I don't know um at some point I might do a little random episode but no that's my favorite um 
the episode six, the emotional intelligence and narcissism. Yeah. Um, yeah that Those was... attachment styles were, are, I mean, they they major because they really determine how we navigate relationships. Mm, all we all relationships. Have a, we all have an attachment style when it comes to relationships or even just anything. We find mm-hmm. ourselves attached to certain things, you know, mm-hmm. just like a, a hoarder. They so attached, emotionally attached to these things um, that sometimes have very strong sentimental value and sometimes they don't. Mm. Uh, we were, this past, last weekend, my sisters were helping my mom kind of clean out some things at home and <laughs> and she had my nephews and now he's 21 now and she had his first pair of shoes and I think my nephew or one of my sisters tried to discard them. She literally got so emotional and had an emotional breakdown because of that. Um, mm. Because for her, that holds so much sentimental value. But yeah. for my nephew or my sister, oh, these just a pair of shoes. Jabela is 21 years old now. So why are yeah. we still holding on to these <laughs> shoes? Yeah. You know, but, and that's how we look at certain things that we are attached to. Like mm-hmm. we have a sen- they, they have a sentimental value to us. And so it's difficult to depart from those things. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult for someone who don't see it, who does not have an emotional connection to that thing or that person to see it from your perspective. Mm-hmm. That's good. I experienced the same thing with my mom. Like to them, those kind of things are precious. They have so much sentimental value. And I think in those kind of moments, we just really have to respect it. Um, and not even... You know, because I mean, in long, as long I don't think that's unhealthy because it's like a grandma, you know, she's like, that's my grandbaby, you know, and parents, you know, my parents got so much stuff in their house right now. You know, I told them, I was like, listen, I was like, listen, let me tell y'all something. If, you know, when y'all die and, you know, if I, if y'all die before me, let me tell y'all something. These people going to come in here and they're going to pick what they want. <laughs> And I don't care, just get it out of here, okay? And so I was like, y'all just let me know the stuff that y'all want me to keep. And it's a minimum. There is a minimum of at least five things each of y'all can give me. Because I am not keeping this stuff, man. I don't like stuff. I am very detached. I think that's a I think that's a problem because baby, I think that's why I also mentioned mm. um when I was when I uh when I was married, I used to throw up divorce a lot. Cause I was just like <laughs> it ain't mean nothing to me like go I'm gone I'm gone anyway I'm eating lunch by myself I'm going out of town by myself like I'm doing stuff by myself Mm -hmm. anyway so my attachment is you know it's very detached but when the divorce happened when it actually did happen there's something else that unlocked in me um that I'm really not ready for what I be talking about a lot of times no and it wrecked me so that's your defense mechanism Mm -hmm. so you live your life with with your defense mechanism so you're saying that Oh, yeah, I'm ready to get a divorce. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm I can go go to dinner by myself. I can do you easily are able to detach yourself from things and people mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's a defense mechanism for you. So you have mm-hmm. to take your mind out and you have conditioned your mind to say, Oh, I'm better without it. It's it's mm-hmm. water on the bridge, move on. And you kind of move on. And then sometimes things trigger you and you're kind of back in those in that emotional state, mm-hmm. like That's what you it. had tried to detach yourself um from. And, and I think that a person who is easily able to detach themselves from certain things is totally a defense mechanism because they're protecting themselves from being hurt mm. or the fear, the fear of being hurt and having to experience that. So when you had to literally experience it, it was difficult for you to sit in that thing because mm. you couldn't escape it because it happened. Jesus. And when I tell you the Lord didn't let me escape it, 
I mean, he didn't like let me escape it. I literally, I posted a post on Facebook just yesterday, I think, and it was like, you have never felt real pain until you cried out and begged God to heal your heart. Like, I yeah. literally was screaming, gut-wrenching cry all 2019. Like, please, God, just take me out of it. Just re- just, just re- deliver me from myself. I'm sick. I'm toxic. God, please help me get out of this. And God was just like, stay right there. Stay right there. I need you to stay right there for now. I got you right where I want you, right there. Because you learn. And th- that, that is where God does the isolation and the turmoil mm-hmm. is where God does his best work. work. Because yeah. it's, it's easy to praise God when everything is happy. Like, oh, oh yep. good. Blah, yep. blah, 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 blah. But, yep. when, but when you're going through it, you know, it's, uh, let me reverse that. It's, it's easier to, to really depend on God when we are going through things. Yeah. Right, but when we're happy, things are going well. We tend to not really depend on them a whole lot. Yeah, because I don't really need. I don't really need. I mean, God, I don't need, I don't need you right now. For, God, I don't need you yep, right now, God. Yep, you know, yep. but I don't need to pray for I you to pay you. my bills. Yeah, yeah. right. Because I got but the money. How, <laughs> so, right, yeah. but that's not mm-hmm. how you know God. The relationship nope. that God wants with us. He mm-hmm. wants us to to have completely dependent, undivided attention, and yeah, and right. independence and trust in Him. And when we understand how that works. It's like algebra, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. A plus B plus C plus X Y Z. You know, it all makes mm-hmm. sense because we need each other in order to move forward. It's like a, a de- dependent and independent variables, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They need each other, and without one or the other, sometimes it it, it may not get the equation that it needs. Mm-hmm. Same thing with God. You know, we need God. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, so just so y'all know, I think I don't know if y'all heard that. Um, uh, Missy already knows, but um, just so y'all know, I am um a foster mama and um I currently have a full house. I got four kids um at my house right now, and one of them just came in here saying Miss V. So I don't know if y'all heard him, but um, and then that's another one that's laying here asleep. Uh and we don't know how long he's going to stay asleep. He's, he's 18 days old. And so if he wakes up screaming, then y'all know what's going on. So I'm just letting y'all know because I had already told the little one that, uh, well, I actually told the, the three older ones that I was going to be recording the episode for a minute. And I needed them to kind of like give me a little bit of space. I closed my bedroom door and um, yeah, he just came busting in here like, Miss V, Miss V, Miss V. And I'm like, I'm throwing my hands up like, hey, I'm recording the episode. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, no, but you were spot on, Missy, um, circling back to the episode. You were spot on um, as far as like talking about the defense mechanism. And I honestly, you know, I guess I never really looked at it like that because, I mean, I do enjoy my time by myself, but you're right. It could be just to kind of protect myself from being hurt because, you know, when you're around people, you're going to get hurt. You're going to be, you know, I just did this plan on um, Unoffendable on the Bible app. And basically mm-hmm. that when you, when you around people is hurt is inevitable. Like, cause they may be doing things that they don't even know they're hurting you by. They don't even know they've triggered you. They don't even know that that's a trauma area for you. Um, and because you know, you dealing with people that are, you know, from different backgrounds, different upbringings, all that you're going to, you know, hurt is, is, is bound to happen. And so you're right, Missy. I definitely didn't want to sit in it, uh, but God definitely had me to sit in it, and it was so good for me. Um, I look back and say it was good for me. At that time, I wanted out. I wanted out. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but yeah, that was that was um, definitely good. Um, 
So I've I, been there. I've been there. I've been there too. Yeah, I think it's a part of life. You know, I think everybody has to go through their heartbreak. Like, even if it's like when you were young or um, if it's actually a marriage or if it's just a, you know, a dating relationship or a courting relationship or whatever, we have to go through it. Um, and, you know, God says he's close to the brokenhearted. And so that's the big thing um, is that he's there with us through all things that we go through. Um, okay, Missy. Well, I want to go through. We went through our favorite episode. Um and that whole journey. So now I want to go through the topic. So the first one was God plus therapy, like the intro where we kind of just talked about what they can expect from, um, you know, the, the whole season. And um, you introduce yourself, talked about mental health, mental health in the Bible, unhealthy mindsets, that kind of thing. Um, I think that's where you talked about uh, the toolbox. Was that episode mm-hmm. one? I think that was episode one where you talked Absolutely. about Absolutely. It was episode one. We talked about what's what are some things for in your toolbox. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I really love that toolbox. That was my major takeaway from um, episode one was that that toolbox. Um, and yeah, you got to, you know, you got to have, like Missy said, you got to have that therapist, um, that mentor, somebody who has you know, travel a similar journey that can, you know, carry you under their wing, that pastor, you know, that spiritual leader, that friend, you know, you got to have your close friend, you know, life is not meant to be done alone. And then you need your church community, your small groups, your connect groups, um, and getting your support system, your family, your parents, your tribe. Um, I really love that toolbox. I never, I don't think I ever heard the toolbox, but I have been talking about it ever since you said it, Missy. (laughs) Yes. Oh, that's good. Yes, yes, yes. I love that. Um, anything that you wanted to highlight, Missy, from episode one? I think uh I think it's definitely the toolbox. Mm-hmm. Um because we all, you know, tend to go through life and when things happen, we don't have the right tools in our toolbox to help us navigate and get through that. Mm-hmm. So I think that making sure that we do have these these people in our lives. They can carry us when we can't carry ourselves is very important. Mm-hmm. And then also, I think that um, being mindful of your unhealthy mindset and how a thought becomes an action, action becomes a habit, habit becomes character, right? Mm-hmm. And so just might remind yourself, like, how do I really manage these unhealthy thoughts that sometimes could be debilitating and sometimes could be uh, looping thoughts that are very persistent, like they don't go away. Mm-hmm. So I think when we have the tools in our toolbox um, and we go to therapy and we get therapy to help with these cognitive distortions in our brain and our mind and how we can stop those, then we'll be better off as people, right? Because mm-hmm. a lot of times the battle starts in our mind. It's not a physical battle. It's a physical battle when, we, when it becomes present in your mind and then it takes the form of the things happening phys- in the physical realm. Mm-hmm. So I think that making sure that we control our mind, what are, we, what are we thinking of and how do we stop those thoughts? And a lot of times people don't have the right tools to know how. How do I literally stop these thoughts? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number one, can I place a positive thought with a negative thought? That's number one. And are you, are you telling your, are you believing what you're telling yourself? And I had a, a, a client speaking to somebody and they were just, I mean, the whole entire time I was, I was listening, they were so, so much negative self-talk. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, it was so much negative stuff talked. I felt bad for the person, you know, who they were talking to, which is themselves. Mm-hmm. And you would, you, you would think they were talking to somebody else, talking about someone else, but the person that they're referencing is themselves. So if you think of yourself like that, you have those those negative that negative mindset. Mm-hmm. Then guess what? Everything around you in your existence is gonna revolve around that negative mindset. Yeah. Yep, and it's gonna show in your life. Like it's gonna be real. Mm-hmm. You know, it's gonna be evident. People are gonna be able to see that that's what you think about yourself, whether you think you hiding it or not. You know, the stuff that you do, the activities that you participate in, it'll show. Ooh, that's mm-hmm. tough. Um, what a person what a person talks about all the time is what they're most passionate about mm. so if you're talking about yourself all the time and how horrible of a person you are you're passionate about that mm. if you're talking about politics and every time I'm talking with you and you're talking about what's going on in the world that's what you're passionate about mm-hmm. you know so we 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 give we feed and give life to those things that we are passionate about, mm-hmm. and those things are our thoughts. And that's I I think that's strongly why the Bible says like, you know, you have to guard your heart, guard your mind. Like you mm-hmm. gotta you gotta guard those things that, like you said, because that thought is gonna birth something. Um, mm-hmm. those those negative thoughts is gonna birth something. So, no, that's good. Um, really really good. I know. Um. Okay, so I'm rolling into the season, uh, season, episode two, episode two, which was depression. Um, hmm, that was a deep one for me. Um, I think the different types of depression and then like um, understanding the clinical depression and understanding, you know, even when you said like depression is not something that a person wants to be you know, in, like, it's not a, but they, and they can't control it almost. They, they're, you know, they have to fight their way out of it. Um, that really gave me compassion when it, you know, when it comes to dealing with people who have, you know, who, who are going through depression. Um, yeah. It helped me kind of understand them better because I think for me, it's like, how are you, you know, how are you just sad all of a sudden? You know, and it's like you don't understand how their brain, their brain is, you know, warped. It's 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 you know, it's a chemical imbalance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think when a person who's dealing with or married to someone or a family member or someone that deals with depression, mm-hmm. it's it's best that they educate themselves on it so they can better deal with that person mm-hmm. because it could be frustrating to have to always be a picker upper. <clears throat> you know, because a lot of times a person who struggles with depression, they need people to pick them up. Mm-hmm. And also, can that person can that person really manage the and all the deposits that you would give them? Like, can they really do that? Because a lot of times a person is depressed. Are you emotionally available for them? That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Do you have a capacity? Sometimes that's cool. right. Sometimes we don't we don't want to because we in this world we like girl that's your problem it ain't mine yes selfish okay mm-hmm. all right and we you know we move on we don't we don't have a lot of compassion for yeah. for other people and try to understand them you know and I can recall you know listening to some uh, some clients and they're just talking and and I'm just literally interjecting my own opinion right mm-hmm. and then when I took the time to just really listen. I really understood what this all was about. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Mm-hmm. That's like you just really need somebody. You really don't have anyone. You know, so you do look for validation from others because you really don't have anyone else. So you get in relationships where you are uh, really dependent on your spouse, your boyfriend to pick, be your picker up because mm-hmm. you don't have the family support to do that. Mm-hmm. But then again, they don't understand how that how draining that could be for the person who's receiving it and has to always have to pick you up. Right. Yeah. I um it made me think of this couple. I don't know if you ever heard of them, but they're on YouTube. Well the, the husband is on YouTube, him and his daughters. And um and he's married to this girl named uh Leah and her name his name is LaGuardia or something like that. L A G U A R D I A. I don't know if any of y'all have heard it, but uh watched his videos before, but she has severe depression and like it's bad like she's been suicidal before like and she has a beautiful um a beautiful family um and I mean you know wonderful husband and and he got on there one time and he was just like I'm so tired um I'm so tired you know um I can't you know deal with I can't deal with you know this anymore like I need help for my wife because it's draining me it's draining the kids and so yeah it's been it's been, it, that it, that episode just kind of threw me off I'm up here I'm distracted y'all I, can, I think y'all can tell because I'm looking at kids and I'm like what are y'all doing but anyways um yeah he he you know basically just talked about same thing you just said Missy about how that her depression is draining him and it's draining the family as a whole and how he needs help mm-hmm. for her because it's hard for him to carry her like he had to go out you know the house and just do his little walks and you know just go do his you know mental health uh release because you know that's heavy his wife is carrying that, and you know mm-hmm. and seeing her walk through that is tough you know she's cut herself a few times like it's just really sad um but at the end of the day the person who's dealing with depression has to want to help themselves that's right mm-hmm. like that's the thing like you have to want to help yourself right. and you can help yourself so you know her him that that story is a little mm, etchy to me because i feel as though now you you're being so dependent upon this person and, and she's and also it, you're feeding you're feeding something in her like he's feeding that desire that she needs to feel like she needs to be needy and taken care of and all mm-hmm. of those things like that mm-hmm. like so literally are you really um are you really i have how do i want to put, put that put that are you Enabling her, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. to really fight fight through this thing because he's always saving her. Right, right. He's always saving her. He's always saving her. He's always saving her. So, like, at some point, you got to let her let her save herself. It sometimes. Yeah. Because there's something internal that he cannot fix. Right. Yeah. Externally, she has to fix that. Yeah, I think he was sharing the whole journey of how he um how he, you know, how they've been trying to find different care and different things like that. So, yeah, it's just, I guess, been, you know, really tough. So they create a YouTube channel around this? Well, the YouTube channel was, like, for him, you know, and the girls, and then, like, they just kind of let us into their life. 
well, number one, they're profiting off of people's public gain. Like, uh, like come yeah. on, that kind of stuff like that. You want to put it on YouTube and give people insight? No. Well, I don't think like, they give. On. I don't know that. I know. I don't think they give like detail, detail, but they just, you know. And I mean, you know, some of these YouTubers, they really let people into their, you know, into their lives. Um, It's kind of like a reality TV show. Like he doesn't show like real details. Like when she's depressed, she's not on camera. Like it's just him and the girls. But he'll share sometimes like, you know, him is kind of walking outside and he'll just share like, you know, Leah's having a really hard time and, you know, they have like a community that love them and they're all like, you know, we're praying for you, Leah. And, you know, sometimes they give, um, you know, advice on like mm-hmm. what things have worked for them, <clears throat> yeah. that type of thing. So I, I don't know. I think, you know, I, you know I get the, some, it's important groups for that. You know, I just feel as though like for that, I think like, come on, like you are literally monopolizing on people and sympathy now i'm mm-hmm. now now i'm checking the pulse of your husband mm, yeah you know because like come on yeah <sighs> yeah yeah so yeah when you talked about that it reminded me of of him um and how he just you know he he you know he's honest about how it weighs him down and she feels bad and that makes her feel even worse he said and so he tries not to say anything all that kind of stuff but yeah it's just a whirlwind um, <laughs> all the emotions are real that he's experiencing, but to to exploit yourself and your family on social media on YouTube, mm-hmm. just I mean, I I question that. Yeah. So I've seen some people benefit from it as far as like you know people who deal with depression, like they you know they they mm-hmm. say like you know it's good to know that they're not the only ones and other people are dealing mm-hmm. with it that type of thing. But then I do get your side of it as well. It's like, mm, you know, what's the purpose of you sharing? It's like, is it truly to help others or is it, you know, um, even your birthday, your even your views. Yeah. yeah well, no, I know that. You get people to watch. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I was going to say, I think this is his full time gig too. Um, so, exactly. Awesome. So you think about it like that mm-hmm. financial gain. Like, come on. Yeah. 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 Um, Ooh, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> I can feel it. I can feel the tension. I like this. He ain't having yeah, it. Yeah, they just. I'm not having that. That's <laughs> foolish. No, I get I it. Digress. I get it. I get it. Um, so we talked about talked a little bit about grief. So episode three is grief, and um, like I mentioned before, I I love what you said about you know it's better when you connect with it, and you know, um, the five stages that you go through, and. Um, I think even you mentioned, which I shared this with my aunt, like basically you can go back to different stages, right? You can find yourself. So like, I don't remember exactly what they are in in order, but I know anger is one, shock is one or denial. Um, But you can like revert back to a certain, um, what do you call it? To a certain stage. Yeah. Absolutely. You vacillate through them all. Like mm-hmm. you, there's some people, some people get to the end where they have fully accepted. Mm-hmm. You got some people that actually get there. Um, and then some people, they just stay stuck and they vacillate back and forth. They angry, they denied. And, and I take that to a, a point where when there's a, a mother who has lost their child to a, a gun violence or a murder and they still trying to find a person who did it or you know, that, that mom vac- vacillates through those stages because now she's on a quest her entire life sometimes trying to find the killer. Mm. But God says vengeance is the Lord. That's so right. now you have abandoned your other four children because you are on a quest to find the killer for your son mm. who perished by gun violence. You know, so 
Um, but yeah, that 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 person is is it's difficult for them to accept what happened, mm-hmm. and so they do find themselves. I'm mad. I'm in denial. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they kind of not so, so much of denial. They're like, okay, it happened, but they they just angry and they depressed, and then they bargain and you know those things like that. Then they finally get to the place. Well, now I'm depressed. Now I'm all three of those, and I will never make it to the final stage, which is acceptance, learning to do life without that person. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult. Yeah, I see this. Like, I see everything you just said. I literally see it happening, like, with my aunt, like, every day. Like, one minute she's, you know, she's happy, but then she's, like, not really truly happy um, because she's just stuck there. Like, she's stuck you know, and not wanting to move forward. She feels guilty mm-hmm. for move forward, moving forward, which I mentioned kind of, you know, some of that on the episode and I won't go too long, mm-hmm. with it, but it's just sad to watch. Um, it is, it is sad. And especially if a person, you can, you can gauge how a person is managing their grief mm-hmm. while you're having a conversation with them. Is the topic of your conversation about that thing or that person? Mm-hmm. Yep. Or, or is it about other things that thing may come up, but they move on from it. Mm-hmm. That's how a person is really accepting and learning to process. Yeah. But if the, if that's the, if that's the, the entirety of the conversation is about the shoulda, coulda, woulda, mm-hmm. and then that person is still grappling with the loss. Mm-hmm. And that's what a therapy comes in at because that person needs somebody to tell them that, Hey, you're still there and I want to help you move forward. Um, and yeah, we got to accept the therapy though. We got to go. Um, that's our, yep. that's our responsibility, you know, in our grief, we have responsibility as well, uh, in our healing, you know, God is a healer for sure, but he's given us those things. And like you said, the toolbox, the, you know, the things that we have, God has given us, you know, everything that we need in each season. So, mm-hmm. um, well, that is grief, um, moving on to episode four, anxiety um I didn't realize that I have anxiety and I think I said it but um it's not a it's not a diagnosed anxiety I don't think um it's just kind of like I don't know if this is a a term but like a normal level of anxiety um it's good anxiety yeah like I I think I think we all have good anxiety I was gonna say because it just seems like how do you even not you know how do you not (laughs) um you know like when I'm running late like oh you know and I'm supposed to be there on time and you know that type of anxiety um but of course it's not like you know off the grid like you meant like you mentioned do you always believe something bad is gonna happen like always mm-hmm. like you like hey Valor, let's go to lunch and I'm like no Missy you just never know you know you remember how that plane went into the Twin Tower back in 2001 and maybe it'll happen again when we're at the restaurant and it'll run into the it's like what like no no the perceived threat that's not even there mm-hmm. it's like what are you talking about like girl let's go eat <laughs> Uh, yeah it's like oh no I can't go out to eat because I don't know if they put blood in their food and it's like it could be trauma-induced anxiety there is trauma-induced anxiety where you have been exposed to trauma in a certain situation and you know and that and having to kind of 
repeat that mm-hmm. or get close to that, it, it's trauma-induced anxiety. Mm. But I think we all have anxiety. There's good, there's bad anxiety, but it's also how we manage the anxiety. You know, the anxiety of going to a doctor's appointment, mm. that's like anxiety, mm-hmm. you know. Um, not knowing they're waiting for the results. That's that's just anxiety mm-hmm. of waiting. But then you ask yourself, okay, are you worried about anything? But God says, cast your cares unto me, right? Right, right. But it's difficult sometimes to really trust God in situations where we don't have the, the control, or, you know, even though the outcome. Mm-hmm. That's the difficult part. Yeah, and we can take our fears to God and God knows about our fears and we can ask God to deliver us from our fears and give us, his power, the love, and, you know, a sound mind, which is what he gives to us. You know, fear comes from the enemy. Fear is of the enemy. It's a distraction from him. And so, you know, that's good. Um, anxiety slows us up more than it speeds us up, you know. Um, yeah, that's good. I, and you kind of segued into trauma, <laughs> which is our next one. Episode five was trauma. And we talked about the different types of trauma identifying the good in trauma I didn't you know I I guess I've always said there's pain there's purpose in your pain but identifying mm-hmm. the good in the trauma um that was good and finding a therapist who focuses on trauma um mm-hmm. I thought that was really good like you don't want to go to a therapist and you tell them about your trauma and they don't even really know how to unpack that because they they don't have they don't specialize in that area mm-hmm. yeah it's difficult when you uh a person doesn't understand trauma mm-hmm. because trauma again is debilitating mm-hmm. it is, keeps us in a space where we are just i am stuck mm-hmm. you know and i i can recall talking to someone this week and they were saying i just can't for 20 years i've buried i buried it i buried it for 20 years mm-hmm. and now it's just coming up and i just can't bury it any longer so for 20 years, this person has buried the trauma. And it, in their mind, they have done life well, right? Mm-hmm. But then around them, they're losing their families, their wife, their children, their relationships, their jobs, because this little thing of trauma that they have suppressed for over 20 years is seeping up and destroying like little foxes, different relationships, and they don't see it. Mm. Because for 20 years, they have conditioned themselves to not even think about it, to move on. But it's like trauma. Oh, yeah, I'm still here. I ain't going nowhere until you deal with me. And mm. so to, until you deal with it, then that's where you begin to have control over it. And your body and your and your mind won't be in fear of that thing called trauma, whatever that thing is. Yeah. So I think when we learn to just literally see the good in it mm-hmm. and, and start to work through those things, then we can have a more um, successful quality of life when we do that than having to run from it think about how many people that still battle with trauma to this Mm -hmm. day Mm -hmm. and never learn how to move forward they have always suppressed it but then things happen and it comes out it seeps out Mm -hmm. and it's it's a silent assassin that's what i would would call the name for trauma a silent assassin that's the name for trauma silently killing you silently destroying every single thing you can put your hands on because that thing literally controls you. Because it, it, it'll have you thinking, oh, I, you ain't in control. I'm like, no, hmm. you don't got it. I'm still in control. I'll let you have your way sometimes. But mm-hmm. mm. until you deal with me, then I'm going to always be the assassin in your life. Sheesh. 
yeah, that trauma is, is something else. Um, and there's, you know, there's those different levels of trauma and, you know, um, yeah, trauma is, 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 is really, it's really devastating. Uh, like you said, I like the term you gave it silently, a silent assassin. Um, yeah, because oftentimes you don't see it, you know, you don't see the trauma, and you don't see what trauma is doing in your life. You know, a person who's been traumatized, they don't see what the trauma is doing. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just best to unpack it. You know, it really can destroy, like you said, destroy your whole life. Um, every day after it, every day after the trauma happened, it, it, you know, it could, it has the power to, the trauma has the power to destroy every day after that, where, you know, there won't be, um, any fruit in your life but you have to like you said face it head on um, mm-hmm. yeah um well then we're down to our last episode which was episode six like i said which is my favorite the emotional intelligence and narcissistic uh or narcissism episode um yeah that was that was so much in there I, you know i kind of hit on it at the beginning of the episode about um how the narcissist they don't have they they avoid the hard conversations they don't love themselves um and they project all of that on other people um they're really really hurt in the core of who they are but they're not they're not dealing with the hurt they're just projecting it and it's that's so tough um which is not emotionally intelligent or smart at all it's actually very unwise um to be projecting all of that but the narcissist is the wisest person in the room no matter what room mm. they're in they're they're the wisest person Ooh, we, we know what we just are, talked about this too <laughs> you know they are jack of all trades but they master nine mm. those are the narcissists that we find ourselves dealing with a lot mm. you know and, and i say this we all have a sense of narcissistic a narcissism within us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I believe we that. all do, but that's not the core of who we are. Right. A person who's driven by narcissistic behavior and qualities are a person who who does not want have any regards to others and their emotions and their feelings. They will tend to be pretend to be like they 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 care, but then again, there's always a gain for them or a scheme for them to feel like they're here to be there for you emotionally so what you gonna give me oh you remember mm. that time or oh, you remember that time i did this or you remember the time when i was there for you you remember the time you know so they always try to revert and kind of put it back on the person yeah and make that other person feel guilty for you know for what they did not do and that's what makes them toxic yeah yeah that's what makes it toxic. Like you said, we all have that level of uh, narcissism in us, but we are not even acting on that. Or when we are, we're like, wait a minute, that's not nice. That's not right. You know, that's selfish. You know, we're not all about self. We are, you know, caring and kind. And so that, you know, let's let's correct that, you know, um, instead of then, with the narcissist, they like... That's how I am. And then, and then you think you think about it. Uh, a person who's a narcissist don't think like that. But right. When you are when you are a, a, a person who believes, and what God says is love mm-hmm. is patient is kind and does mm-hmm. not boast and not do wrong. When you understand the fuse of the spirit, 
you are consciously aware that your behavior that may seem to be narcissism, you you get to you kind of reel that back in and you kind of deter that behavior to saying, okay, it's not about me, it's about the person. And literally mm -hmm. being there, literally being present in the moment with those people, with that person. A lot of times we're so busy with our phones and our thumb tapping and swipping up and down that we don't have the we don't have the we don't we don't we're not even aware that we're not even in the moment. Mm. You know, so the yeah, the narcissists they're very dangerous people. And think mm -hmm. about in the Bible days, you have you have, who was the narcissist, the king? It was um Yeah, Pharaoh. Um, Pharaoh was a complete narcissist. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And and wow. even think about think about I want to go back to um Esther and Queen Vashti. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the and the and the king. Oh well, yeah, who was that? You um, know King uh Ofa Ofa Adolphus, whatever the king name was. I can't yeah, think I can't of the king's name, right? Mm -hmm. But the king to me reading the story was a narcissist yeah to a, yeah. To a sense because yeah everybody had to revolve around him and, yep, and, yep. and, and then yep. the man that was around him had a narcissistic mentality because that was appropriate for those days to where woman you do what i say you need to do yeah come on in and here and dance yep. around mm -hmm. and y'all yep. flaunt around for me so i can see y'all and do what i ask yep. you to do well vastly mm -hmm. was like a sister in the current century Yep. I'm not going out there. I'm not right. going out there for them with, with them fools to, <laughs> to to pounce around and dance. They they're drunk. They're belligerent. Yeah. I'm not going out there for that. Right. And he right. got so mad at her, and they all and the king was so unwise mm -hmm. because he allowed them to think for him. Well, if you well king, well if you let her get get away with it, what do you think our wives are gonna do? They gonna think they can tell us what they you know. And so the king literally did what he needed to do. He got rid of her, but then that Queen Esther came. But God, grace was on that seed. So That's when, right. when a person of, of of God is in the midst, God has a way of hardening out the heart of those who hearts were hardened. Mm -hmm. So there's something that He did, but. That's another whole other story, but I just had to say that because we talked about God yeah. plus therapy, but you know it. You know it happened. You know. Yeah. No. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Um. I, I guess, you know, and I looked at it like that, too. And then, like, even with, you know, King David, we were talking about King David uh, recently. Um, I don't know where if this was in the Golly Girl. I don't know where I was, but we were talking about how, you know, King David used his authority to basically, um, you know, mess up somebody's marriage. Um, mess up, you know, Bathsheba's marriage. And yeah, Bathsheba could have stood up just like Queen Vashti um did to King Exer uh, Exorcist. That's his name. Exorcist or Circus, 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 probably. But um, that was that was yeah. Um but yeah, she could have, you know, stood up, Bathsheba could have stood up just like um, you know, Queen Vashti did, but you know, she probably was afraid of what basically what happened to King Queen Vashti. She, you know, got kicked out, and you know, for her. Who knows, you know, what the king could do because the king has so much power, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. but you have to stand for what's right, you know, more than anything, not, you know, just um, obeying, you know, these narcissistic men or, you know, people, people that are in charge, you know, like, um, I like to pledge that, well, you know what, I'm not gonna get into politics, but <laughs> um, there is a president that we had that's very, 
um, narcissistic. You know, it was all about him and what he did, and he made all the right choices, and da 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 da. da. And it's like, no, no, you didn't. Um, there's a lot of evil that you did, but we, you know, it's it's, it's the narcissistic, you know, tendencies, um, behaviors. So, um, and I feel like you know we we did the um, episodes. We brought the narcissism and emotional intelligence in together. And I feel like it just flows so well because a narcissistic person is definitely emotionally um, unwise. Mm-hmm. Um, they are not controlling their emotions. They're not controlling themselves in a manner that is honorable um, at all. Yeah. So, but yeah. Um, no, I, I, I don't know if you have anything else to say, Missy, but I am currently had to pick this one up because I saw him getting ready to start crying. And so I was like, let me pick him up before he blasts out the episode and he's wiggling and doing all this, which I know he's not hungry because I just fed him on purpose before the episode so that I knew he wouldn't be waking up hungry. But um, he got some fussy fussy going on here. You're not you're not uh, managing your emotions well, baby cash. (laughs) 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 Gotta teach them young to manage their emotions well. Um, And I I love, and real quick, I'm just gonna say about emotional intelligence is uh, first thing is being aware of your emotions. I think I watched this video of this kid uh, this kid this morning and he was just like, he's very, very uh, you know, intelligent little boy, but he basically told his mom, you know, he was like, when you told me I couldn't go outside yesterday, I got really, really sad and I made some bad choices. You know, I got angry. I was upset with you. And I was like, that is so dope. And he was maybe like two years old, Missy. I was like, imagine if we teach our children to identify with their emotions Mm -hmm. like that and just kind of make that correlation. And he was like, you know, I shouldn't have done that. And he was like, I should have done X, Y, and Z. I should have made a better choice and did this. He was like, but he's like, I cried. I got really upset. He was like, then after that, I felt better. And he was like, I'm really sorry about what I did. And it's like, man, if, if grown people, yes, I, I was crying like a little baby. I'm like, if we could communicate like that, what kind of world would this be? But it starts, it starts in the home. So where his parents, his parents allow him the space to be emotional. Mm -hmm. And and they teach him how to be emotionally and how to manage your emotions. And when you're wrong, that starts in the home. And I think that if more parents are teaching their kids, that even in the schools are teaching their kids, these these kids how to be emotionally intelligent Mm -hmm. and available for people it'll be a better it'd be better there'd be less bullying mm, come on it'd be less bullying because there's so much bullying that goes on and i get calls from young girls who have bullied in school because some part they, the way they look or or they don't look like the other girls or you know and there's just so much bullying going on to where now okay i'm thinking i just want to just end it all who would miss me anyway nobody likes me mm. and then and then to get home and go in your room and your parents are not emotionally available for you they're not helping process the situation so here i am now in my room with a razor blade and i'm cutting myself my parents comes in and find me on the, the bed laid out or shot and hung myself because your parents didn't listen and a lot of times you got so many parents who are not emotionally available for their children they're not present 
And that's the biggest, the biggest thing, to be present for your children. And a lot of times you've got broken parents who are raising kids to be broken children. Because the parents has not went anywhere to get themselves fixed, which I say when I say fixed, I would say they have not recognized that there's a problem. They have not went to therapy because they still have a lot of trauma, you know, and it's just, it's just a lot. And when you think about children who commit suicide, it mm-hmm. all stems around being accepted and being bullied mm-hmm. and the parents not being emotionally available for them. Yeah, you that whole scenario that you just gave with that bullying and then, you know, coming home and not having nobody to talk to there, no support system, no nothing. It's just like you all alone with it. So you carrying it. And if you're a child, you haven't been taught to pray you know, to take everything mm-hmm. to God in prayer, then you don't have nothing. And like you said, you're right. You you end up, you know, cutting and killing yourself. You know, there was a story I heard years ago about this little young boy. He went to this um this high school, uh a junior high school in my hometown, uh or Wetumpka, which is like thirty minutes from my hometown, and he hung himself in his closet. I'm like, what in the world? But found out he was dealing with bullying in school. And he was just like, I'm done. And mama wasn't at home, you know, she was working mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's not to shame mama because, you know, she probably had to work to, you know, provide. But we have to make sure we checking on our children and knowing what they're dealing with. You know, um, going to their school, you know, talking to their friends, having lunch with them, you know, kind of letting them know that you're there. Um, checking, checking the pulse of your child. Because you can, as a mom, you look at your children and you say, what's wrong? Okay, what's mm-hmm. going? What's going on with you? The mm-hmm. last two days, been walking around like that. So let's talk about it, mm-hmm. and not just saying, you know, being, you know, using all kind of colorful language and seeing, mm-hmm. you know, talking like a mama would talk to some children, you know, and I'm like, you know what? Forget it. I don't even want to talk to you about it because see, that's why I want to talk to you about it because look, look how you you respond, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, um, just making sure that we're checking the pulse of our kids. A lot of times. Lord, when children don't have any support system, they mm-hmm. use their support system for social media. And that's why you see kids sometimes who have a whole plan and how they're going to end their life, and they do it virally on social media. Ooh, Jesus. Lord have mercy. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe maybe somebody would care. You know, and they use that to, to, to get sympathy. And there are so many, there are so many Blacks off the market groups for that kids are involved in they kind of cult up in it's it's crazy you -hmm. know um and they this this kid one time wrote a whole letter about suicide and how he you know gonna end his life and he put it on social media with his friend group and had everybody feeling sympathy for him and he was just all a joke just and had children yeah had kids crying and you know, calling law enforcement and because of that. Lack so of attention. We got a lack of attention. So we have to be able to check the pulse of our children. Mm-hmm. And even as educators, I would admonish them. If you are listening, you're an educator, check the pulse of your student. The student who you see God. walking down the hallway, quiet all the time, sits in the corner at lunch, check the pulse of those children. Mm-hmm. Because that very child could be the child that goes home and plan how he's going to bomb the school and mm-hmm. kill the sickler, the people. And you can be one of the, you can be one of the teachers because you yep. don't care. 
Yep, yep, yep. You yep. didn't care. Or you so could be one of the teachers that he'd be like, you know what, you get to go. Everybody yeah. else got to go. You want to be that person, and then you can talk him, and you can be the one that can talk him down from killing everybody else if you make that connection. But you know, don't feel like you don't have time or you don't have the, you know, if God is giving you that student, He's giving you the time, He's giving you the everything you need to to meet that student mm-hmm. where they are. Because a sometimes lot of times, they don't have. No, go ahead. Sorry. A lot of times, think of a student who go and commit suicide. There's a think about. A picture with uh, duct tape over your mouth. Mm. You have no voice, but your voice get heard the day the duct the duct tape is removed when you actually follow through with the act. Now you bring an awareness because now at the time they wasn't a voice, but now that they're gone, now they're a voice. And a lot of times those people who commit suicide, they do it with they feel honored by it. Mm-hmm. This is gonna help somebody else, but the act in itself is just so cruel. You know, God says, who give you the authority to take your own life? You didn't give yourself life. I gave you life. Yeah. So, you know, and not just only are we committing our, we can, we committed suicide with, with act of violence, with a knife or gun or rope, whatever we may use to commit suicide. We committed suicide with our own emotions, with our own mind. We're killing ourselves daily. Yeah. And I digress. Ooh, no, that's heavy right there though. No, that needed to be said. Um yeah. That needed to be said. And I and I prayed hope whoever was meant to receive it will receive it. Um do you have something to say? You got something to say, Cash? You you got any final comments? Got any final comments that you want to add? Huh? Okay, I think he's done. But um <laughs> you know, I just have to give him a floor. You know, we started early. We're giving him a voice. We ain't masking his voice. You know, we're gonna see what he got to say. <laughs> he may have to tell on me, you know. He may we never know what it may be, who he gotta tell on, he may gotta share something. So the Lord may have given him a word and uh, you know, the, he said it's gonna come out of the mouth of babes. So, you know, mm, hey, we never yes. know. He just, you know, he's spoken a he's he's spoken a, a, a unknown language. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Cash. <laughs> it's definitely an unknown language because I don't understand it half the time. But you know, the Bible says that, you know, uh the spiritual things will be uh, you know, foolishness to the carnal mind. So maybe my mind is a little carnal and I'm not getting what Cash is spitting. <laughs> what he putting down. No, let me <laughs> But I'm here, Cash. I'm trying to get it, baby. I'm trying to understand it. But no, um, but no, this has been really good, Missy. I, I really I really hope that, you know, everybody will just tune into these episodes, whether you listen to this in 2026. And that's the beauty of podcasting. I love it because even if I'm dead or Missy's gone, like this stuff will still be here and people will still be able to feed off of this. And that I am grateful to God for um, that. No matter when you listen to this, if you, you really take what was said in these episodes, take what Missy shared and the knowledge is and the knowledge and the experience and the wisdom that she dropped on us, you will be better for it. There is no way around it. Um, these were some major, major topics that we discussed um, in this season. And um, I'm grateful I couldn't have done it with a better person, Missy. I, you know, I never thought you would be on the podcast, but I'm grateful that you are on the podcast and you have been on the podcast and you've graced us with your presence. And um, 
Yeah, I got a little thank you gift for Missy, y'all. I know at the beginning, at the top of the uh, top of the season, I said, God, you got to give me some money to give her, which she wasn't <laughs> going to take any money. And I don't feel like she's going to take this gift because I've been asking Missy for her address, y'all. And she has yet to send me her address. So I'm going to push it again because I got her gift. And I just, you know, just a small thank you because this has been phenomenal. I mean, you know, Missy has given us over... Um, seven or eight hours of her time that's just recording but that's not you know including the planning time that we've done and all of that that goes into it um you know videos that she's posted on her page and um just you know really getting this out there to people i really appreciate you missy um a lot i cannot speak to um my gratitude enough i cannot express it enough uh for you and just um our relationship and um are you in houston today no, I'll be there tomorrow. Oh, okay, okay. And we canceled. Um, I don't know if you was on the call, but we canceled the, yeah. the meeting for tomorrow. Yeah, I have to mm-hmm. talk to you about that more. But um, but yeah. So um, yeah, Missy, we just grateful for you. Any final comments that you want to say? I don't want you to go, Missy. <laughs> I am always here. I am. Uh, one, I'm just really again grateful for the opportunity to be able to share. You know, the wisdom, insight that God has given me. I really uh, enjoy helping others. And this platform has allowed me the space to be able to do that. So I'm very grateful for Golly Girls Inc., Valoria, the listeners who have tuned in and took the time to really listen. And I hope that something that we have said over these past seven episodes have really mm-hmm. been applicable to you in some kind of way. And you can share with someone else. But I pray that whatever it is that you're struggling with emotionally, mentally, spiritually, that you find and you connect with somebody. Mm-hmm. Find people who on your team, your, your that top five, your five-star roster you can call. And, and don't be afraid to reach out to a therapist. Mm-hmm. Now, like always, a therapist is like trying on shoes. You have to find the right fit. And once you find the right fit, you maximize on the opportunity because at the end of the day, you're in the driver's seat of your own life and wherever you land, that's where you land because God has given us full grace and autonomy to make decisions for ourselves. So thank you guys so much for having me a part of the podcast over these last couple of weeks and months. And I look forward to seeing you all again. Yes. Thank you, Missy so much. And we're going to miss you a lot. And I don't know what's going to be for season five, y'all, but God knows. And um, hopefully I'll be back before then. But I pray and hope, like Missy said, that y'all really take what was shared in these episodes and really apply it to your life. Um, thank you again, Missy. I love you. We love you. The Godly Girl community loves you and appreciate you so great, uh, so very much. And um, Cash, Cassius, thank you as well, Missy. He's grateful that you helped his foster mom. Um, that helps him out a lot because uh, otherwise he'd have to be the co-host and he doesn't have a lot of experience. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have a lot of experience this year being that he's only 18 days old. But, you know, hey, we never know what the Lord does. But no, Missy, thank you so much. And um, we're, we're just grateful and love you. And um, yeah, this is season five. Well, season five. Here I go. Season four, God Plus Therapy, the finale, ladies. And uh, some gentlemen does actually do actually listen to this podcast. So, uh, but golly girls, I hope y'all enjoy it. Um, and I pray y'all be blessed. And we are out.
Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Godly Girl Talk. I pray that something was said that spoke directly to your heart and situation. Please refer to the show notes for all the gems shared throughout today's episode. Also, be sure to check out our website at www.godlygirlinc.org. That's www.godlygirl. INC.org, where you can explore all things Golly Girl. And lastly, please don't forget to subscribe, share, and rate this podcast. I'll see you next week, Golly Girl. Be blessed. Mwah.